This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Good evening and welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 191, The Adams Family, hashtag cousin. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place on the cobwebs to find your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation, spooky and otherwise, featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From cackling discussions and movie reviews to interrogations of industry insiders, this show's mission is to send chills down your spine through our obsession of animation. So lay back in your casket, have thing grab you something from the cauldron, and get ready to hang out with these animation crypt keepers because it is time to unearth today's episode. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Morgan Stradling. I'm Chelsea Robson. And I'm Mason Smith. And we are very excited today because we are joined by one of our diamond patrons, Annie. Welcome, Annie. Hi. (laughs) Whoa, the elusive diamond level that every Rotoscopers or every Animation Addicts fan aspires to. You know you want to be a part of it. All you have to do is go to rotoscopers.com slash patron And you can check out the perks. But one of the perks is that after being a patron for three months, you get to join us on an episode of the Animation Addicts podcast. And since it is October, we decided that we are going to be doing the Roto Spooktacular. So we went and we did a Halloween themed-esque movie. And so we are going to be doing Adam, the Adams Family, the 2019 animated film. And we're really excited to have you on board, Annie. So, Annie, just introduce yourself a little bit about you, how long you've been listening to the podcast. Yeah. So, um, very excited to be here. I started listening to the podcast back in college. Uh, I was a film studies major in college, which is basically the uh, unuseful parts of film studies. So, history, theory, and criticism. <laughs> I, I like to say unuseful parts because whenever somebody's like, so do you know how to work a camera? The answer is no, not very well. (laughs) Not very well. I never really took, in theory, in theory, I know how to do it, but in practice, not so much. My only practical classes were in animation and production because my, yeah, so my producing. So uh, my, my focus was on animation, animation history, as well as the musical film and French language film. So very, very interesting stuff there. Uh, so yeah, I. We oui, we. Oui. We oui, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. A, I don't speak French. I speak Norwegian, which uh, is not helpful <laughs> in anything at all. But yeah, what I got out of college was uh, greater understanding and love of film. Basically, I just 
I, it was just writing, writing about film, talking about film, kind of how to dissect a film properly, the history of certain things, which I find endlessly fascinating. And uh, I hope to be working on the festival circuit. Oh, awesome. Yeah, no, I was interviewing for a job uh, at a festival that is based in Austin before it kind of everything closed down and suddenly the festival was shut down oh, <laughs> so oh that was, no that was a bit of a bummer but so were you yeah, wanting to work um, on kind of like the marketing pr side or so uh programming so deciding what gets cool. into festivals awesome. so that's kind of that's kind of been my uh focus throughout my professional career it has been more of a critical side as far as deciding what gets into certain things certain levels of quality and entertainment because I think entertainment is absolutely necessary especially in more art house and independent films if it's not entertaining then it's more just more just an exercise and not a movie in my opinion but yeah so it's it's been Interesting. So we are honored to have you on the podcast so we can get your insight on this film and from a very critical, you know, call it collegiate perspective. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. You're, cla- you're classically trained, unlike yeah. us. Yeah, we got to get that, that college learning up in here. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> are you classically trained? <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, I'm also, I also happen to be a very big Adams Family fan from a oh. from a very young age, which is why, out of the list you guys gave me for the topic of this episode, I picked the Adams Family because um, I my nickname as a child actually was Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. Wow. Well, before we get to that, we are going to get to know you even a little more with our classic segment, Catch and Fire. So, Chelsea, take it away. Well, then, how about a quick round of Catch and Fire? Catch and Fire? You mean me? You're the only one with enough courage. Are you ready? Yes, I think I am. Perfect. For everybody who is brand new, Cash and Fire is a game that we play with all of our guests where we go through and we ask a series of rapid fire questions. And she has just a just a moment to think about it and give us her answer as far as the answers to these, the most qu- important questions that you could ever ask any animation fan. All right, here we go. Great. What is the very first animated movie you remember seeing? Oh, oh God. First one, Land Before Time. Ooh. Favorite cartoon growing up? Land Before Time. <laughs> Favorite animated movie? Tangled. Nice. Favorite animator slash artist? Mary Blair. Classic animation or CGI? Classic. Favorite animation studio? Oh, Walt Disney Animated Pictures. <laughs> Disney or Pixar? <laughs> Disney. Leica or Studio Ghibli? Studio Ghibli. Songs or no songs? Songs. Heroes or villains? Heroes. What is your favorite animated dog? Oh, gosh. Animated dog. Doug. <laughs> I love Doug. <laughs> nice. 
All right. Here is the most important and final question. Which would you rather watch? (laughs) Cinderella 2 or Return of Jafar? Return of Jafar. (laughs) Original cast. You can't beat original cast. (laughs) It's a classic. For the most part. Out of 52, well done. <laughs> the Congratulations, question. Annie. You have passed Catch and Fire. <laughs> Great. 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 We're not going to kick you from the call. You can sit with us. <laughs> you can sit with us. Oh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, with that, let's jump into our Great. main discussion. today like we said we are doing the adams family which is the 2019 animated film but before we do that let's just give you a little backstory this is a little very interesting and now that we have our resident adams family expert this will be even better to talk about a little bit about the history but first (laughs) let's talk about the film and where this came from who did it who were the key players involved thank you to whoever just recently put this on um i pulled up the other page The studio was MGM. The directors were Greg Tiernan and Conrad Vernon. The release date was October 11th, 2019. So nearly exactly one year ago today. The budget was a remarkable $24 million and it did an estimated $203 million worldwide. So first off, when I see that budget in 2019, I am just blown away because this film did not did not look like a yeah. I don't know twenty four million dollars seems very low to me com- compared yeah. to you know you have two hundred Frozen two was a hundred and fifty million right right it just they just balloon in their yeah. their expenses and so I don't even know how that was possible because it doesn't look like it it looked just on par they blew it all with on everything Dogg. else <laughs> yeah so that is probably true <laughs> yeah right <laughs> which makes oh, this God, even totally. more remarkable but the animation i thought was was great so we will talk about that in a moment but let's talk about the adams family as a series and you know this is something that let's do it do the snaps do the snaps <laughs> oh there's no way we would do it in sync <laughs> <laughs> but that is one of the most iconic parts of the adams family is probably they have one of if you were to do a theme theme song bracket like a march madness style of top tv theme songs <laughs> the adams family would absolutely be on there and probably make it to the final four who knows depends on who it's up against but it's just so classic oh, and yeah. of course they had to include it in this film as they always do but just the adams family in general is pretty interesting because it initially was a comic strip uh, from the 30s i think right? yeah from the 30s and went until the charles adams death in 1988 he was the creator and it was just like a single pane or a single mm-hmm. frame um comic strip where you know it's just one gag you know sort of like uh the far side i guess if you will you know where it's just one and then it turned into so- it was basically the memes of the 30s. 
in a way. Oh, 30s memes, my favorite. (laughs) That would be, yes. They were so ahead of their time. (laughs) That's really what they were, though. Yeah, they were they were great little comic strips that appeared in the New Yorker and and some other places, uh, just kind of making fun of making fun of yes. the well to do and but in yeah, a very so they dark kind of took way. this very fun uh, this dark twist on it of being this family that that they themselves are super dark and they're just completely don't care that everyone else thinks they're weird or whatnot and that's what we see in the television show the television show ran from not that long you would think based on you know the reruns you saw maybe on uh what was that what was that station tv tv land and yeah tv land back in the day that this was one that had many many seasons but it only ran from 1964 to 1966 and then there was an animated version in 1973 and then another animated reboot tv series from 92 to 93 and then another one called the new adams family from 1998 to 1999 um and then only the other the as far as movies go there was the adams family and the adams family values which was in 91 and 93 so definitely a very popular franchise and one Mm -hmm. that i think a lot of people are familiar with Mm -hmm. mgm owns the rights and when i was looking at you know who created this and i saw mgm you know i i at initial thought would have thought this was illumination or sony they had the rights to it at one point it looked like a sony it was mgm yeah, yeah. i definitely yeah, thought illumination <laughs> actually had the rights to it i believe it like they um Int- they had they acquired the rights to it and they were like working on an animated film mm-hmm. in around 2013 but it got canceled that would have been an interesting movie right yeah it- i think i would have enjoyed it a little more <laughs> yeah. with the illumination it was just interesting yeah. because mgm is not a name that you oh, yeah. think of when you think of animated film you know big studios nowadays and this is one of their biggest properties that they hey. still have a hold on and so they decided the time was right and good for them they figured out how to make it on a measly budget uh 10x I mean, their it, budget yeah i mean it's it's hard to make anything for that budget these days even a live action that's so an animated film which is generally a lot more mm-hmm. cost uh cost heavy that it's very impressive that they made it at this budget so this was actually uh animated by cinecite animation and it was done up in canada so that's also might be a reason why Ooh, a Canadian film. Just kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, their their yeah. prices are lower, so Yeah. And uh cool mm-hmm. kind of a got a lot of stars in the cast. I did I did not I did not detect Oscar yeah. Isaac. I don't even know in who fact, Oscar he's, he's Isaac in, is. Tell no, me why, I, should, I, why should I know him? <laughs> who Paul Dameron? Poe Dameron from the new. Oh, he was in Annihilation. Oh, the, he was yeah, in the new, the new, and, the new, and, yeah. and very much lesser Star Wars trilogy. He was in, um, he was in Ex yes. Machina. Uh, Inside Llewellyn um, Davis. I think he's a. Oh, think, another film. Another role you might not notice him in was uh, X Men Apocalypse. Oh, oh was, that's right, he was. Oh, um, he was one of those transformed, yes. uh, transform, shocking celebrity transformations. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that this role was a little beneath him, but he was just fine as Gomez. Okay, so full disclosure, uh, Mason had never seen uh-huh. anything related to the Adams family um, <gasps> before this film. An Adams family yes, virgin? Wait, what? I was a Monsters kid. I, oh I, I get the Monsters, monsters were more relatable. Yes. 
at the Munsters was the off-brand Adams family. They were. <laughs> yes, they were. No, 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 no. The mumps, the, you're probably right, but it, it's kind of the same setup, you know, they're completely oblivious to like, yeah. to like, quote unquote, real society, like normal people. Uh, I was just more of a Munsters guy. Um, I'm hoping just like the Megamind versus, um, uh, versus Minions or Megamind versus Despicable Me crossover that will never happen. Maybe someday we'll get a Munsters versus Adams <laughs> family. Hey, if the Adams family can hang out with <laughs> Scooby-Doo and the gang, um, back when they did the new Scooby-Doo movies cartoon, then, yeah. then they can do that. So I didn't recognize Oscar Isaac until I looked it up. Um, there's also Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things, oh, Charlie's Theron. I did not recognize him at all. Okay. Nick, <laughs> Nick Kroll, of course, is recognizable everywhere he goes. Because he's as annoying as heck, uh, Snoop Doggy Dog. Um, Why? He was like, Why was that barely in the film. <laughs> hey, don't hate on Snoop Dogg. He's rolling with the general. He's if, if, he's if, if Snoop Dogg general. is rolling with the general and doing doing like Lay's potato chips commercials with uh, freaking Martha Stewart, then like you know he's fallen on tough times. He's like Nicolas Cage. He's gotta he's gotta take these roles. Uh, and then uh, Allison oh. Janney is in it. I happen to love Allison Janney because I watch Mom religiously, which is like one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And um, do y'all ever watch? Do y'all watch Mom? Am I the only person who I, enjoys that sitcom? No. Am I the only person who still watches sitcoms with laugh tracks? I don't watch it, but I do like Allison Janney. Yeah, Allison Janney is an incredible, like, funny lady, and um, so I recognized her voice. Um, and then I didn't really recognize anyone else except for maybe Betty Midler. Um, uh, but, uh, I really, I, I kind of <laughs> liked the, the cast and stuff. I, and I feel like they didn't try to flaunt the cast, you know, yeah. like hoodwinked, yeah. flaunted their cast. Cause that was like the only thing <laughs> going for it. <laughs> no, no. Hoodwinked <laughs> two lost in New York. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, oh, yeah, God. I, I totally did not know anything regarding the Adams family. Um, my wife walked in several times while I was watching it on on Hulu and was like, "Oh yeah, it's cousin cousin it." I was like, "Who?" Ooh? And uh, <laughs> and stuff. And um, I don't even know the Adam Family theme song. I was trying to sing along, and I was like, "Yeah, they're they're kooky and they're vicious. They're kind of superstitious. They're magically delicious. They're after me, lucky charms. I, like I don't. I, that's all I know of it." Oh. Yeah, I mean. I mean, Finn Wolfhard, I completely didn't uh, didn't recognize. I mean, famous now oh, it's for Pugsley. yeah, Finn is famous now for it and Stranger Things. Oh, that's right, he was in it also. But uh, I was listening, listening to his voice during the movie, and I was like, that voice does not fit a child. <laughs> like, it sounds like a grown man. And then I look it up, and he is the youngest member of the cast. <laughs> like, he is actually a child. But it was like that sounds like a grown cast, man voice. They should have cast doing the, a child. Um, they should have cast the kid from Stranger Things who's like the goofball, the like kid with the curly hair and the, like the lisp. They should have cast him as as Pugsley. That would be better. That would have be, been better. Begin the long list of things that we suggest would make this film better. <laughs> Take notes, everyone. Um, there are so okay, many so, things. So we've, we've established that I was, uh, what did Morgan call me, an Adams Family virgin. But uh, what about you, Annie? Um, you have been a longtime <laughs> fan of the Adams Family. So what did you think of it? What were your first impressions, I guess? very long time fan of the Adam family. I mean, right off the bat, I did not see this in theaters uh, because I immediately saw the first trailer and just went, no, no, uh, these 
they based the character design off of the original comics, yeah. which I guess not a fan to a certain extent. I mean, to a certain extent, I appreciate the effort that was put into that, but they do not translate to 3D. Um, just the proportions and the design of the family. They're too different from each other. Would you agree? Yeah, it's, it's rough. And like the fact that they do most of the other characters as like pretty normal, uh, 3D animated characters where they're a little bit exaggerated, a little different, but like the Adams family's books are so different that it's really unpleasing to the eye i saw that in the trailers and just went oh gosh no i don't (laughs) i don't like this so i had never actually seen it before watching this last night and i mean it's it's different different. um (laughs) it's different i will say i actually my favorite part of the film overall had to be oscar isaac's voice because i didn't recognize it was him i just thought that's somebody doing a pretty good gomez adams like okay great i thought yeah, I thought that he really like threw himself into the role and it was it was not Oscar Isaac as Gomez Adams. It was just like this is Gomez Adams, whereas I could absolutely <laughs> hear Charlize Theron as Mort- as Morticia. I could hear her trying not to speak <laughs> oh, with a South awesome. African accent. Oh, it's true. Uh, so does she, does, I I actually heard the the okay, she doesn't have a she has a um she has a very much more proper accent in this film. Does she normally talk yeah. like that? No, she has, she's like, she has a full on South African accent. So like, it's a very, it's a very proper, it's not British, but it almost sounds British to the ear. Sure. Um, where it's, and you can hear her trying not to speak that way. Okay. So you thought that her voice in this film was very different from what she's normally supposed to be. Cause remember, yeah, I don't so even know these how 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 spot on was she with Morticia? Not not very spot on. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't think there can ever be a Morticia who's better than Angelica Angelica Houston. Um, Angelica Houston played her in the uh, live action films from the nineties, and I mean that's just so natural. Where it's more deep, more sultry, whereas this one had like some kind of weird forced accent to it, where it was like trying to be in aristocratic accent she sounds like grand moff tarkin from star wars except female yeah that's what she kind of that's the kind of vibe i got it's a little strange and then chloe grace morris i like her but you could just tell it was her talking very slowly yeah i had to i had to turn the volume up so this never happens in my house yeah. we went to we turned the volume up on our, our lg smart tv to an unprecedented <laughs> 31 whereas 30 is oh usually my cap i usually do a, a round up to a round up and down to by fives and that's kind of the threshold we went to level 31 folks on the volume <laughs> it was like man i really hope that like an unexpected like jump scare noise doesn't happen because the baby was sleeping right behind me and she's you know as you know a ticking time bomb and um but anyway yeah. it worked out we made it through it but uh yeah, yeah. i I wasn't like super impressed with the film, but as a horror fan, there were some like bits and like gags that I, I enjoyed, but yeah, it was, I, I imagine it was very difficult working with characters who were so different stylistically. I, I wonder if another studio had done it, if they would have just reimagined them. Like on the, on the one hand, yeah. I, I always enjoy animated films when they like hearken back to the, like, especially remakes and reboots when they like harpen, harken back to the source material. But, um, I wonder if this one would have benefited from a uh, just a complete overhaul of the, of the designs to make them more 
coherent. I don't know. And, and some of the characters were just butt ugly. I'm sorry. And not in a good way, not in a regular yeah. way, but in a <laughs> like not appealing way. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've already done an animated, multiple animated versions of this done by Hanna-Barbera, uh, where they translate the characters, but, you know, into like, these are humans and not, and not cartoons, um, not like newspaper cartoons. Uh, so it was, it was really unsettling, just especially compared to the rest of the world, the rest of the assimilation world, which is all very the same and all very like normal <laughs> very human. Those commentary on <laughs> yeah, on and life. I mean going going back to the voices, like Martin Short, Catherine O'Hara, and Titus Burgess are apparently in this movie. I had no idea. <laughs> Yeah, I could I, not find their voices at yeah, all. Sometimes they put people in just just for their celebrity. It's just, sometimes they bring celebrities in just because they're celebrities, and they're like, "Okay, uh, you know, you are Nicolas Cage, you know, or you know, you are, it, you know, it's basically this this celebrity acting as this celebrity in this film, and it's supposed to be funny." And then other times, like in Oscar Isaac's case with Gomez in this in this film, they really transform <laughs> into that character and kind of make it their own. And I feel like that was kind of a mix, you know. But it, yeah. I guess different celebrity like, talent are used for different reasons in movies and and stuff. Yeah, it felt like they wanted to use Oscar Isaac as his celebrity, but then he decided to pull a Benedict Cumberbatch in, in The Grinch and be like, no, I am a character. <laughs> Very nice. I will I will not use my voice. Can I <laughs> see if you can tell it is me? <laughs> can I just bring um and I I got almost no marketing from this, maybe because I I don't know where they how, what their target audience was, but apparently it wasn't me because I didn't see anything about this film. I just barely that remembered like, oh yeah, uh, they made that as a family movie. So I'm looking on IMDb and they have all these like posters, um, and one of them's like Morticia and it's a close up of her and uh, you know rendering's pretty nice. And then it says like straight out of coffin. I'm like, oh okay, that's nice. <laughs> and then they do uh, Pugsley and it's like Pug Life. Okay, and then but they have these <laughs> oh, they have these hashtags <laughs> down down below. And it's like, man, were they really expecting these hashtags to go viral? Okay, like, hashtag Morticia. That's fine. Like, I get that. Then it's like, hashtag Pugsley. It's like, okay, a little more obscure. Then it's like, hashtag cousin. <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> like, and then the next one is, uh, the next one is from the grandma. She woke up like this, hashtag grandma. <laughs> it's like, are you, you are you really gonna, are you really gonna think you're gonna take over the hashtag? hashtags like that for promotions of a film? Not the way to go. <laughs> Like I get, I get Uncle Lester who like yeah. who like I'm gonna need all an entire ten minutes to talk about what I thought about Uncle Lester, but, but like oh God. But like hashtag Uncle Fester hashtag <laughs> Wednesday like it, you know every person on a Wednesday that's almost some, like someone out there is gonna be doing I, that. It's almost like it's almost like yeah, yeah. it's almost like you I have don't a character. Think they knew how hashtags work. It's almost like you have a, a movie called if they made a League of Legends movie if they had hashtag LOL <laughs> oh, right. as as their right. film hashtag. It's like. <laughs> anyway um so that that's all i'm gonna say about that very uh, very strange marketing of course um but anyway um i there's a few points in this film that i want to talk about but i i, I want to let y'all talk i've been talking for a while well one thing that i got out of this was when i the of the adams family uh iterations i actually remember more from the 1960s 64 live action television tv series uh we okay we always watched i mean anytime that saturday mornings after everything <laughs> else was done you always had those reruns pop up you know so 
I always, I had, you know, a fairly good knowledge of all of the gags and things that came from that show. And so when I'm watching this, they basically picked out some of the best gags of that, of that, of the TV show and then just oh. put them into this. So mm-hmm. there was, So you recognize some of the gags from the old it's series. It's been 50 yes. years, so okay? A Why lot not? Of recycling. <laughs> Why waste time coming up with new gags? Yeah, like I said, I don't know anything about this <laughs> franchise. No, it is. And I get it. I mean, it's just, it's interesting. Uh, in, in my official R- Rotoscopers review of this one, I, I make the comment that it's like this, this family cannot stay out of popular culture. Like we have to bring them back. So they, they just like recycle all of the old things for every new generation. You have to, you got to know about the Adams family. Come on now. So I don't know. Um, so going into this, I felt like they, they did a decent job as far as refining like the best gags and being like, Oh yeah, that gag. Oh yeah. That gag. Like where she goes and she, she cuts the roses off at the very beginning. She cuts oh, the right. roses off of the stems and she just walks out with her bouquet of, of stems. And then another big one was, uh, <laughs> the, the mom's ashes as eyeshadow and the dad's ashes as blush. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yes. The mom's, the mom's <laughs> ashes as eyeshadow are, man, that's some glittery ashes. Very sparkly. I mean, get me some of that. Oh yeah, Ulta's gonna. I'm get sure on there that, was some like, sort of cross quick. promotion where you could buy, you know, Morticia's mom as an eyeshadow palette. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe they had done it a little better. <laughs> that would have been. A, that would have been because, like, Morticia and especially Wednesday, they're like pop culture icons, uh-huh. like for like girls who don't fit the mold, yeah. you know, who who like appreciate that image. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in the live action movies, like I've seen like meme after meme about like Wednesday and stuff. So that that actually would have been pretty cool if they had done like a makeup line. I, like I don't think Wednesday is really heavy on the makeup, but like a Morticia line would have been kind of cool. That would have been cool, yeah. Official, official. I'm over yeah. here talking y'all mm-hmm. talking y'all about like Excuse makeup recommendations. Let's see. Googling love- official <laughs> Adams family makeup line. Oh. So I have sort of a different take from you all. It's really interesting. We all have these different parts of the Adams family that stand out to us or do not stand out in Mason's case, where I'm the one where mostly the 90s films are the ones that when I think of Adams family, that's what I think of. I'm obviously very aware that it was a 60s TV show and had seen episodes, but it was never something that really attracted me too much. And the thing that I think is very interesting with this movie is that the Adams family, for the most part, is it was meant for adults. This wasn't ever like a kid's series or designated for kids. Yes, mm-hmm. they did have an animated series. But as far as the original 1960s and even the 90s version, I feel, was still targeted to more of an older audience. And I didn't necessarily feel that way with this film. And so some of the jokes, it's just like, this is just a very, it's like a very black comedy. And I'm just not sure how it translated for more of a family-friendly audience. Um, it was just... The contrast was definitely there as I was watching it, but the 90s, that version with Christina Ricci as Wednesday will always stand out in my mind. But overall, she was, I would say she's the best Wednesday. Christina Ricci. Because her eyes are just so big and bug-eyed and perfect and meant to be Wednesday Adams. (laughs) This is true. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. She has the perfect delivery because uh, like, so often in this film, it really just felt like she was just 
talking slow, and her entire character was she was saying just things, say it slow but talking and really slow and, that's and monotone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was. Yeah, versus versus like Christina Ricci, where she really embodied the character, who is a lot deeper than just like I am an enthusiastic girl. Like she, she really does have a lot of character depth in the '90s films, in particular. I think that those really explored Wednesday's character, uh, particularly. And I mean, going to another thing, another Adam Family rated thing that I don't think we touched on yet was the musical. The musical was very heavily focused. Oh yeah, the musical was very heavily focused on Wednesday. She was like the main character of that. It was her. And it was also pretty similar because the plot basically revolved around Wednesday Mm -hmm. wanting to go out into the world, but that was done in such a more graceful and, and relevant way where you can actually see why her character wanted to leave versus just like, Hmm, I see a balloon. I guess (laughs) I should leave. There's usually a murderous (laughs) clown attached to these. Yeah, like a balloon is like, hmm, this is an interesting balloon. I wonder what's outside. Whereas like in the musical, she meets a boy and it's like, mm-hmm. well, this boy is so lively and I want to know what his world mm-hmm. is like because I'm interested in him, which is a little bit problematic on its own, but it makes more sense as an actual character. Yeah, motivation. so the, they do actually a pretty good job at the very beginning of this film is setting up the character motivations and why they are the way they are particularly with mm-hmm. um, Gomez and Morticia. We were set up with their wedding, but then very quickly that everyone hates them and the mob rule is coming after them and they just want to be left alone. They just want to be horrible and despicable in in peace. <laughs> and so they go and they find this place and, and you can see that they, they, wanna, they don't want to fit in per se, but they just want a place where their family can just be at peace to do what they do, which is, you know, all this dark stuff. And so we, we see that they get that for the most part. And then that kicks off the different issues that each one of the individual family members have, which Pugsley, you know, he's not fitting in per se to the family role of what is required of an Adams. And then, yeah. And oh, then yeah, when, that whole Wednesday, thing, the, the bar mitzvah oh, for evil people, yes. for gothic people. And Wednesday, hers is the princess Jasmine <laughs> syndrome where she wants to leave the palace walls and get out of here, not realizing or Rapunzel syndrome, right? Everything that the parents had done to mm-hmm. kind of keep them nestled away from the outside world because they're so horrible and they hate you. And so that, that kind of kicks <laughs> off what what are the different plot lines in this film? And I think they did a, a pretty pretty good job at the beginning, but then it just even then I wasn't totally invested in what I was watching. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I mean. It took a while to get going, for sure. Yeah. Well, major issue that I had throughout the film was like, when was this made? The references <laughs> what? They got were smart all phones. over the place. They got and immediately, LG TV. Immediately, the first joke, everything that starts off the film is a joke about but, the coconut. The lime in the coconut. <laughs> yeah. What was it, was that? Did, was that in a reference to like an earlier Adams family thing, or was that just a random? Put no, the line that in the one coconut wasn't. Reference? It made no sense because they're all about everything dark, everything the opposite of what you would expect, and That's I don't right. expect the Adams family to be sipping 
margaritas and the lime and the coconut in the, that's like a beach <laughs> thing that's a happy sunny thing so it just i felt like they just needed a joke just because and so i i, I had the same question as you it was like was this something that was in an initial like is this a famous reference or something because i didn't oh uh, yes it. the 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 put the lime in the coconut episode from <laughs> from you know season two episode three yeah, it was so confusing, and it was really off-putting, because immediately I was like, when was this just made in 2019, right? Like, this was made last year, and, I mean, this comes off an album that was made in in right. the late 60s, 70s? Like, this is not a relevant it did, reference. It did make me want to go no to, to one of the Margaritaville no franchises. Happening. Oh, never. And go get some fried shrimp, man. <laughs> I'm always up for that. I I did go and get a foot long margarita yeah. after I watched this. I mean, she needed I mean, it I that bad, guys. I mean, <laughs> I don't. We don't drink, but we still know the song because we're from Texas. So like, so like, it's a fun yeah. time for us. No, I, I walked wait, wait, down wait. and okay. Wait, hold on, Mar- Margaritaville margarita. or Bubba Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. If you had, if we had, if to you're go, gonna go waste money at oh, a vacation destin, at a, like a at a vacation or like you know at Cancun or Galveston or something, would you go to Bubba Gump Eddie Shrimp Port. or would you go to Margaritaville? Uh, okay, Bubba Gump, Margaritaville, easy, easy. I I don't actually like the music of Jimmy Buffett, but uh, my my husband is convinced that I am secretly a <laughs> you gotta head. do it. Uh, <laughs> I, I do. Plus, you're from Texas, you know the song by heart. You might as well join <laughs> the fun. To, all right. Next, next kitchen, next uh, nerdy couch discussion. We'll discuss where we get our fried shrimp because that's a very important part of my life. Anyway, shrimp has nothing to do with this film. Uh, it wouldn't be an official Rotoscopers episode if I didn't take y'all on a ridiculous tangent. Tangent time. Tangent time. Never need yeah. a reason. Never need a rhyme. Am I the only person who thinks that? Not every reboot or remake of these classic franchises needs to be an origin story. Why can't they just have existed? Why can't we just establish what they're about? So TMNT, which was the 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 grossly underrated Ninja Turtles um, cart, uh, CG movie from like 2004, 2005. I really like it because it doesn't try to tell an origin story. It just tells a new story based mm-hmm. on characters that we already know. But I don't know how many kids in this generation know about the Adams family, so maybe it makes sense to have it an origin story. Well, the thing is, is that like none of the other major adaptations, unless I'm like really missing an episode from the '60s show, like none of the others say where they're from. It's just these are the Adams family. This is who they are. You're interested. Scoob so- did it too. Yeah, well, the most recent Scooby Doo, they did like an origin story mm-hmm. that was like, I don't care about this, right? And that was what made these things so classic: is that here's the setting, here's the characters. Yeah, it's kind of weird, and here you go, off we go, accept, accept it, it, and and let's go and have fun with this. Accept but yeah, it. embrace it. <laughs> so yeah, I think there is a a lot of a lot of movies try to do this. I don't know why Spider Man, of course, is the ultimate. You know, always going back to the well of the origin <laughs> oh, story. Yeah. Which... How is Spider Man going to become Spider Man this time? It's like we don't care. He's a superhero. Oh, they God. they are creepy <laughs> family. Great, like move on. So yeah, maybe <laughs> they were hoping family to... move on. Come on, we probably all got it. him in our yeah. neighborhood. Like, There's nothing to see so here. Quickly. <laughs> yeah, it was done so quickly, and there wasn't anything like particularly interesting it was New like Jersey was oh, a good touch though yes. a lime in the coconut yeah that was that was the only time that i out and out laughed <laughs> the only in this time. Time. <laughs> we need to go to someplace horrible terrible 
uninhabitable New <laughs> nice. Jersey. And that, <laughs> that was like, that was my one genuine, okay, that, that, that's that good. Got me. That's good right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good New Jersey yeah. humor. New Jersey would be like the Stockdale, Texas of the rest of the United States. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so there are a couple of characters. Okay, so they're, okay, kind of what Morgan was saying that um, the humor is is traditionally more adult in the Adams family. So there was a couple of things that I was like, whoa, they put that in there. Like, I think at one point, uh, Morticia's like adjusting Gomez's head with like a medieval torture device. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. because I'm a, a sick freak, I actually know what that torture device is and what it does. <laughs> if you tighten it like tight enough, and I'm like, man that's a really morbid joke. It's like, kudos to them. <laughs> and then like, there's this whole, there's this whole sequence that where if you, if you objectively distill what Pugsley is trying to do throughout the first half of the film, like, like eight year old, like 10, like, I don't know, 11 year old child attempts to kill sister with throwing knife. Like 11 mm-hmm. year old child tries mm-hmm. to explode giant bomb on father. Like, it's like, and, and Gomez is just yeah. like mildly annoyed by it. It's like, so is Pugsley traditionally this this like pyromaniac, like explosives expert, like or was that? Yes. Okay, so he he's more well, of an inventor, like a tinkerer kid who likes to like try to murder his family. Yeah. So I mean, traditionally, both of the siblings are con- are constantly trying to kill each other. Like that's that's an ongoing joke through every Adams family media that I've seen. Okay. Uh, the difference here was that it seemed really half-hearted. Like they were like, okay, I guess we have to do this joke. But like, it was not really very, very interesting or very well done where it's just like, okay, throw knife. (laughs) Whereas in previous, in previous things, it's like Wednesdays, we're going to play doctor. And she brings Pugsley up and she set up a giant electrocution chair and it's like a much more like clever to show that these are actually smart children versus a girl who's apparently never been to school and a boy who is effectively no she a goes dog. to cage school <laughs> effectively a dog yeah she um there's there was the the quick scene about like luring him to his own grave and smacking him with a shovel then he digs himself out like no big deal and stuff but... yeah I don't know. I happened to like Wednesday. She was probably my favorite character um, out of the film. And then way, way down at the bottom is Uncle Fester. And then somewhere in the middle is... Um, Am I the only person that noticed... I I do believe Uncle Fester flashed a bunch of underage children in a park in this film. Why, yes, you did. Okay, I was not the only one who who caught it. (laughs) Not cool. There you go. Uh, He opens up his coat like a flasher. Out comes a lot of bats. And then a you lot get of a, bats. That's right. A, you get a, a solid second where he is still opening his coat to all of the children, and there are no more bats. Maybe, uh, maybe he had. Maybe he was wearing something underneath. We gotta believe that. But it's like, it's like the language is like I I know what that joke is because I've seen that image, you know, in other in other like in other jokes and stuff like in popular culture, like. Maybe I'm being too uptight about it, but there was some stuff in this movie that was like, golly, I wonder if there was a lot of parents who were like, not my, you know, as a mother, no offense, mothers, were like, as a parent, I can't let my kid watch this because there are bombs and knives and stuff like that when 
you know, the adult in me, it's just like, it's all in good fun. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I wonder if like people got like really offended by, oh yeah, the, the nooses on the, 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 the pigtail, the noose, the noose <laughs> braids, like I can see how that could be taken like as very <laughs> offensive, especially like, you know, in 2020, but like, was that like a thing? Does she always do? Does she always have the noose braids or no? The noose braids, no, but she she always had braids. Yeah, yeah. occasionally anyway. in some of the original cartoons, but no, it's not like a thing that's closely associated with Wednesday. I wouldn't say. Okay. Well, anyway, there are some things I was like, man, wow, they actually put that in there. They the family also has a whomping willow. I don't know what that's all about. So like, this is completely <laughs> new to me. I'm like totally bewildered by this by everything <laughs> yeah. that's going on. Just accept yeah. it. Like, is cousin it supposed to be that tiny? And speaking no. of cousin, it, it is yes. usually portrayed as more of more of like a child sized person than like yeah, like waist height type. Yeah, hashtag more cousin. Like, hashtag cousin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more of a child than what looked like just a dog. I'm pretty sure that was just a dog coming out of a car like right. that yeah because it was like half height it was like you may he may go up to your knee so it's like that's huh. it's very weird and gosh how much did they pay snoop dog to probably not a lot i mean if, if he's rolling if they can get him to roll with the general then man he's probably pennies <laughs> on the dime sorry, pennies on the dollar man yeah I, well i mean i guess i guess maybe they paid for his song and they threw in snoop dog for free Maybe that. Well, he had to show up like one day, probably, and do his like gibberish lines or whatever, and then they're like, "All right, see you later. One take, (laughs) you're out of here." But anyway, so what did you think about like the central conflict? So there's this like, uh, oh, I love it, home and garden hag, and um, (laughs) you've got uh, Margo. I believe garden. Oh, that's right. Uh, You got Margo, right? That's her name. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. she wants to create like like so many. animated film protagonist she wants to create the perfect world she would love duloc she'd be like <laughs> hanging out with lord lord farquad and um she has this like surveillance state uh hooked up to like force this like community into uh, this like weird homogenous community where uh, oh i assimilation I the song yeah, Assimilationville, or yeah, it was just literally called Assimilation. Very on the nose. Mm-hmm. Also on the nose was like the like little song that the kids are singing in the park. <laughs> it's like some of, some of it was so funny. It was like you can be happy if you're forced to be or something like that. <laughs> Who wants to be individual? The best part is somebody wrote that song. Yeah. Like that was their job to write the assimilation it's probably song. tegan and sarah the same ones who did everything is awesome everything is awesome is a little more subtle with its like core messaging but like yeah this one is very on the nose and stuff oh, i like um i just like the the gag with the kid who's on their on her phone and as soon as a door um closes she like does a, an about face and just turns the other way like she <laughs> she's so trained to like be aware of like only what's in front of her so that she doesn't hit anything while she's on her phone it's like some some pretty good touches there like you can tell the people understand like millennial culture <laughs> yeah, yeah initially when that came that part came up it would you know it looked like a commercial i didn't think it was going to continue i thought we would go back to the adams family and then it just kept going i'm like oh okay, this is becoming a storyline. And I it, I liked it because it really broke up the darkness and the macabre of the Adams family 
with this perfect, you know, utopia place that they're trying to do with this plastic Barbie woman, Margot. And, her, you know, although her character was kind of flat at the end, yeah. um, you know, especially, and I, I, you know, I hate this when they just give a villain an easy out. Like she was a horrible, horrible person where she was destruction spied, of property, destruction of property. She basically uh, created discrimination lies. and prejudice. Yes. She created lies about the, the family. Yeah, uh, she basically went on like cartoon Reddit and like, or 4chan and just started a bunch of rumors and like right. mobilized everyone to like, and, and no, no one. And people believed her like that. You know, this community isn't very smart. They are not critical thinkers. They just kind of accept what it is. And so at the very end, their torch app, their, their, <laughs> their mob app with the torches. But at the end, you know, she, they, they send her away, I guess. And, and then she's accepted right away, you know, basically taken back into the fold because she's with one of the family members. Which one was it? Um, Uncle Fester. Uncle Fester. And, and, she didn't have to pay for what she did. She wasn't exiled. It kind of actually bothered me because it was like, oh, you're such a bad person. Oh, the end. And here's all our what morals that we're going to talk. Literally, we're going to tell you the moral of the story. Um, oh, that's right. Wednesday literally Wednesday literally tells us the moral of the story at the end of the film. Oh, I was like, this is this is not good. The Come morals on, kid, kid. and messaging throughout the whole thing are so heavy handed. Like, it's, it's just like we are telling mm -hmm. you exactly what we are trying to tell mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Like, there is no subtlety. There is no there's no <laughs> nothing to this. It's just like uh, the message of this movie is you should accept people even if they're a little different from you. Being the same isn't what you have to be. <laughs> you might also like Zootopia. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. And Margot at the end, like, uh, I was I was shocked because I did actually genuinely fall asleep at the end of this movie. And I woke up and I was like, how long? Because I woke up and all of a sudden they're fixing the house. Mm -hmm. and I, I asked my husband, I was like, how long was I asleep for? And he was like, I, I know you were asleep. It's been maybe like four minutes. <laughs> like it was it was a span of about four minutes that I just nodded off and went back and yeah it was generally about four minutes between when oh they're they're throwing boulders and destroying this house and then oh they're all friends again and they're rebuilding the house it's like it happened so quick there's no time to let it sink in there was no people learning their lessons it's just like oh they're a family just like us let us rebuild your house for you mm -hmm. Yeah, with Margot, I thought, so at the end, you know, she gets the news that her show is canceled and that it was live streamed the whole time. So her reputation is ruined. And then she also says to Uncle Fester that, oh, by the way, I'm going to go bankrupt. I have to sell these homes. How the heck am I going to sell all these homes? So I thought at that moment he was going to come up to her and say, hey, I'll take those off your hands and basically buy them for pennies on the dollar where she's still, you know, financially, <laughs> she's still that. financially destitute and she's having to pay for what she did. <laughs> And then the Adams family, extended family, gets what they want, where they now have a home near the Adams home. But no, they assuming just pays full price and off we go. And um, things are fine. They're together now. Yay. Mm -hmm. New member of the family. Great. Yeah, I, I'll be honest, like the whole section with her in it really brought out my like, my libertarian background of like, leave me alone <laughs> type, <laughs> like, let me do my thing and stay away from me. Uh, so it was just like going through, I was like, Oh, I hate protest. It, well, hit I home mean, for it, was just, <laughs> it hit home. No, it did. 
No, it Chelsea, totally did. Are, are, so... are you and your family the Adams family in this film? <laughs> if the Adams Has... family were cowboys, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wasn't there the also Adam... a cowboy show in the 60s? What was that called? Um... <laughs> Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, yes. the, the Beverly Hillbillies. Yes, yes. I mean that one. That one They're too. Hillbillies, not <laughs> yeah, cowboys. Totally. Don't, don't get it twisted. No, that's no feds. Completely. Okay, divide when I was thinking of oh, the sixty it, show. If, with... if Chelsea's called herself a hillbilly, that's fine too. No, no judgment. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what I got out of this. It's like, okay, well, here we go. Well, I think I think the message is kind of universal. You know, the whole like you like be accepting of people that are not quote-unquote normal because what if you know you could be the freaks to them you know mm -hmm. and yeah. that, is, that doesn't mean okay the whole like the the girl going like goth emo or goth mm -hmm. it's like the haircut does not yeah the haircut is so like 2016 and, and afterwards that like because of the haircut i'm not going to call her a true goth or a true emo as a representative of the of the of the emo uh society of america being one in in high school she's definitely not emo or goth but um yeah she like changes and she wants to be kind of like them you know mm -hmm. so she gets a she you know gets a gift card to hot topic uh, hikes it over there and <laughs> gets a new wardrobe but it but buys anyway. the morticia palette i don't know i haven't been to hot topic in so long it's probably not even what it used to be it it's used to be like where you and... it used to be where you went yeah. to get like goth clothes that you didn't make yourself like yeah. if you wanted Hot right. Topic now where you go to buy specialty Funko Pops <laughs> and oh. Harry Potter merch. Yeah, Harry Man. Potter merch. Oh, okay. It's so yeah, true. It's so true. Harry Potter and, and JK Rowling's culture. in hot water these days, so like what are they gonna do now? They're gonna take her out, so it's just gonna be Funko Pops. Oh. But anyway. So I think we can all relate to some degree, kinda like what Chelsea was saying, that we, we have we have been the Adams family. Like we have had our own culture and our own thing mm -hmm. and we've been uh, you know, have you know a lot of people relate to the experience of being have experiencing prejudice because you're just different you know whether you know whatever aspect of your identity and like just being like cool with other people and like being okay with people that like don't fit the mold that like society or your community or whatever has like set like i don't know i think that's just a universal thing uh i happened to i happened to you know dress all in black and i had like greasy spiky hair when i was in like high school and stuff so i i could relate somewhat in appearance to the adams family <laughs> and stuff but i always hashtag had to clean cousin. up for church but hashtag cousin yeah but i yeah. um yeah but they really hit you over the head with it yeah i mean it feels like because i really did try to find some good things about this movie it was very hard but i did try and I thought that the idea of what the villain was going to be, what the what the trouble was going to be, was interesting. Like a person who is trying to make everybody be the same, trying to make this entire world, who's also like literally surveilling the entire world. <laughs> it's very sinister. Big brother watching over you. I thought that that was interesting. It this, really felt this to me person. Like, we know that you. We know that you sit on the toilet seat backwards. Well, where am I supposed to put my arms? <laughs> Or the girl, <laughs> the girl who had the underwear in the freezer. Like, that was such a weirdo thing. I've never, I've never done it. But when she was explaining it, I was like, I live in Arizona. It gets to be 120 here. Yeah, go for it. That would be amazing. Do it. <laughs> you mean you've never, you, you mean you've never been to a, a slumber party and one of the girls didn't steal your bra and throw it in the freezer overnight? I That's haven't, though. Chelsea has an experience like that. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
we, for another we've opened day, our can of worms. On. Maybe we don't want to know. <laughs> After hours podcast. Um, but no, it felt like somebody at MGM thought, hey, I have a really good idea of how we could bring back the Adams family. They came in with this pitch. We're going to bring back the Adams family, but like the town underneath them is this like Stepford picture perfect town, and there's like a big brother watching over. Somebody went into an executive office, an executive's office at MGM, and pitched that, and they said, "Yes, great idea." Then they have nowhere to go after that. It was like, okay, mm-hmm. we have our idea, we have something to renew this this property, but just it could just kind of fell off, like. You have an idea, now what? Yeah, it's, it's hard to right. drive the story when you're only focused on gags, which I think this movie, like, it definitely, like, paused for a moment and was like, okay, I'm going to let you finish. But first of all, we're going to do this gag, and it's going to go on for a few minutes, you know? And then there's, yeah. there's like, moving the story forward in a in a clever, entertaining way, and... Uh, and there's what they did. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they... I don't know if they did it. There were a couple of moments that I really liked. I liked the... Um, invasion of the body snatchers reference where she like points at the popular girl and like hisses and then the frogs go get her. Um, I liked that. There were a couple of um, like horror movie references as a, as a horror fan, I appreciated, but I don't know. I, my feelings on the film pretty much mirror like the critics. I don't think the critics really liked it. I I usually don't care about them, but like in this case, like I was like, yeah, they make a lot of sense. Like this kind of a disjointed mess. Yeah. As a piece of adaptation, it was, really bad <laughs> what did rotten tomatoes rate it the rotten tomatoes it's a 44 percent tomato meter so it is uh. rotten and it says the adams family starry the adams family's starry voice cast and eye-catching animation aren't enough to outweigh its saccharine handling of its delightfully dark source material so oh so they wanted to go. go darker yeah mm. yeah that's Poor the adams family critics. brand yeah yeah, I, just don't think, I don't think anybody on the writing staff actually knew what the Adams family is. It's Do you like think they I would have to look up the they writing watched the movie show and picked out Yeah, they watched the TV show and the movies and picked out a few choice gags because some of the gags are copied literally directly like there's they're not new. It's these direct gags and the ones that are newer like Pugsley going off in this rocket ship where it's like, where did he get this rocket sh- ship that he's now flying around? <laughs> it's a cartoon, in mate. Huge drawn out scene. Yeah. So the screenwriter, the screenwriter is Matt Lieberman. He was Matt the Lieberman. Screen- if you're out was- there, Annie is calling you out. You're a fake. <laughs> you're a phony. Oh, no. She is coming for you. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> just, they're gonna start some what drama. Do you know about the it's, like, it's interesting because have no understanding of he actually was the screenwriter for the new Scoob, so it seems like he's been kind of slotted. Oh. Like, go watch these old shows and read. What do we even know about him? For all you know, he could be like our age, and he actually no. grew up with that stuff. No, we don't. We don't. <laughs> We're totally judging you, Matt Lieberman. You're awesome. Okay, you're making no, movies. No, you suck. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if I'm talking by Scoob as well, <laughs> I would say not that Which, much. What did you like better, Scoob or The Adams Family? I didn't see Scoob. Oh, God. Um, I I have to say Scoob just because I like The Adams Family as a property a lot more, and this one was more offensive to me. Uh, this one was more offensive to me is like, I I really do love The Adams Family. The and this was, it didn't hit the mark. Whereas Scooby-Doo, I loved 
Scooby-Doo as well. I used to make my own tapes of Scooby-Doo where I would dress up as Daphne and have my dad and and family members dress up and we would record we would record our own Scooby-Doo episodes. Nice. But like I wasn't as connected to that. So it was like this isn't great, but I mean it's it's not so bad. Okay. Maybe maybe this this just ain't it. No, this just ain't it. I'm I mean overall it just seemed like it was a bunch of unrelated gags put together with like the plot happening on a completely different plane. Mm-hmm. All of the plot, all of the plot happened in assimilation. And then you go to the Adams family and it's just so it's like, just messing gag, around. Gag, gag. <laughs> I do love their, yeah. the, the consistency of language, uh, but X, you know, minus the, put the lime in the coconut, like stuff like, don't forget to kick your father. Good night. You know, and stuff like that. It's like, is mm-hmm. it, it's like awful to meet you or something like that. Or it's like, is now a bad time? Yes. Come on in or something. The worst. Come on in. <laughs> yeah. See, I enjoyed that a lot, but there were a few times where it wasn't consistent, where they did say like, oh, have a great time. And they, I don't know. I was like, wait, wait, are you in character? Or did you, like, I don't know. It just felt off. Cause it seems like everything you yeah. expect, they were doing the opposite and it means the opposite to them. And there were a few times where they didn't do that. They said like a very positive thing and it kind of threw me out. I'm like, wait, when they're trying to be real, stick to the, stick to the script. I will say a lot of those were taken directly from other Adams family media. I will hey. say. Interesting. Uh, Why not? <laughs> take your father. Good night. Uh, that, that's something that has appeared in multiple other Adams family. Oh, really? The classic. Media. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, really did feel like a lot of gags put together and then just some strange choices like if you want some adam lore uh aristotle the octopus not wednesday's pet that's pugsley's pet oh they call him socrates but, like, in this one yeah oh they did call him socrates maybe that's a so, comic yeah, thing. um maybe but you no know, the in the comic aristotle the octopus was pugsley's pet not Wednesdays, but now they've, I guess, changed his name, another philosopher, so I, it kind of skipped my brain. And then they made him Wednesday's pet and kind of, like, made him tiny, which didn't make sense either. And mm, They made like, him tiny. The biggest offense of, of them all. <laughs> yes. So... <laughs> and then they threw away the kitty cat character, like, featured him on all of the posters, but then it does nothing the lion throw right? the lion Named right oh. i was like the lion i was like i want a lion <laughs> yeah go get one like, go head down to head down to florida <laughs> oh no that's tigers <laughs> but they got lions i bet they got lions yeah. i'm sure they could yeah. find something at their ranch or oklahoma that's I guess. right um <laughs> yeah. what did y'all think about the end credits <laughs> oh i hate the song um so my husband is actually a pretty big rap fan and he was like, Oh, that's a, what did he say? He was like, that's a Quervo lyric. Like, like, Oh, he like, he was jamming out to it next to me. Like, Oh, that's a Quervo lyric right here. It just turns into this like rap thing. And uh-huh. I was just like, no, no, I hate this. I, <laughs> this is very unsettling. Huh? I found it interesting because you know, you're, they're obviously trying to cater to whatever demographic that they're trying to cater to. And apparently right now, instead of the R and B remix, they're That's going right. for the, like the hip hop, like mm-hmm. rap styles. Um, mm-hmm. so you're looking at most of the, I'm specifically thinking of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. You know, you had a lot of the, 
a lot of uh, rap slash urban um, music that was that was sourced for that one. But it went and with the so material. It's like, okay, yeah. I, I, We've gone full yeah, circle. Yeah, it totally goes with the material. Yeah. I mean, Childish Gambino, like Donald Glover, was one of the voices in the film. So it made, yeah. it made sense. Yeah. So in this one, I feel like they were just trying to cater to that same demographic that would have liked that. But it didn't. Uh, it's going to age age poorly as if the jokes didn't know yeah. <laughs> right. oh, yeah. the jokes aged it before the film ever came out um i mean my husband other than his uh very insightful rap uh commentary <laughs> his number one comment for this film was who was this made for <laughs> like who did who mm-hmm. were they trying to who were they trying to attract with this film because like he is not super into animated movies i just kind of drag him with me and i mean i thought i thought the same thing where it's like this is do kids like this is this a thing that the kids would enjoy i don't know I <laughs> kids these days <laughs> it's been a while since i've been a nanny and i don't <laughs> i don't know if like the kids uh, if, you, if you line up animated films from 2019 in front of a kid they are not going to choose the adams family they're going to go straight yeah. for Frozen 2 every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's anything that could stop a kid from picking Frozen out of a lineup. <laughs> so what would you guys rate this film? Oh, I was going to rate it a three star. I was prepared to rate it three stars when I when I came into this. But after discussing it, I think I'm just going to do like two and a half, maybe. So the animation does look like it, the, the quality of the rendering and the animation looks okay, but like the overall like quality of like the production of the image and stuff, it it looks like something that was made ten years ago, and like that shows from the budget and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like mm-hmm. my wife walked in the room was like, "This looks like it was made like a long time ago." Like the animation does not look good, and um, I don't know they yeah. cut they cut corners. This is like a Tinkerbell level. A Tinkerbell ooh, level. Ooh, that's an insult quality. to Tinkerbell. Mm. Tinkerbell. Ooh. Tink's going to get you. Um, <laughs> like, what is it? Tinkerbell and the Never Beast. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. It's, yeah, not, that, it's that. not that quality. There was some cool, was like, hair movie. effects and stuff, like, on the grandma and stuff. But, like, I don't know. It just, it looked kind of empty. It, it, it was empty, but it didn't hit that minimalist aesthetic, like, Despicable Me series could. But, I don't know, man. It just didn't. I don't know. And then they probably cut corners with like Morticia doesn't have a walk cycle. She just kind of floats and swings her hips. And then her dress tendrils on the bottom just kind of, you know, on the floor. So I don't know. It 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 looked it looked cheap like it was made cheap relative to other uh, animated film budgets. Um, so anyway, two and a half stars, I suppose. Like some of it was fun, but a lot of it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would have to give it maybe one and a half like it it was not it was not good man i mean as as a piece of adam's family media it is straight at the bottom like as far as adam's family media goes this is this is the bottom of the bucket but as far as an animated film on its own it's just really not so great there's nothing particularly good about the animation there's nothing particularly good about the story there's just nothing particularly good about it was it like a complete mulan 2 dumpster fire not quite but uh it it was close (laughs) it was close what about you chelsea 
Um, so looking back at my original review, I, I based the last thing that I said was not a whole lot of replay value, but I could probably watch it again and laugh. If you're looking for a giggle and a hefty helping of nostalgia, this will do having had a year to think about it and actually watch it again. I'm saying I, yeah, not a lot of replay value. And I didn't really laugh on the second watching because it was all things that I had expected before. And it was all things that I was like, oh yeah, that. And so I would say, uh, it didn't age well for me in that way. Um, I would have given it maybe a three stars at the time. I'd say two and a half for me now. I'm going to give it two and a half as well. I felt that this took a while to actually get going and get me invested. And the characters just were flat for me. Like these are really iconic characters. And I felt like Morticia, I couldn't really connect with her. And there just was nothing about her that excited me or got me you know wanting to know more about her and her family and this is such an exciting cool family with all these weird quirks but yeah the the actual time that we were spent with the adams were wasn't that great and then you on the flip side you have this picture perfect assimilation town and you know that basically just everything they want to happen happens so quickly the 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 people turn into mob rule like on a like a light switch you know, mm-hmm. they accept they accept Margot uh, and like a light switch. They flip her back where she's accepted. There's no real like huge struggles that anyone has to really go through here other than the big kill the beast moment with the mob. And, you know, they have to <laughs> save the save the uh, save the mansion. And, you know, that takes about five minutes. And yeah, it just there were just a lot of different pieces they were trying to hit. And there was too much they were focusing on. Um So, yeah, two and a half. It was just kind of all over the place. Right. Let us know what your thoughts for this film were. Go to rotoscopers.com slash 191. That's where we have all the show notes, all the information, anything that we mentioned in this review, we will include there. But before we go, we want to do one of our favorite new segments of the show, which is Mason Reads Reviews. And today we have a five-star <laughs> review and the voice that I have chosen since this person didn't put a voice. So when you don't choose a voice, Morgan picks for you. And so the voice that he will be doing is Gaston. Okay, let's see. <clears throat> Let me get into character. I will have Belle for my wife. Make no mistake about that. Okay. <clears throat> I've been listening to Chelsea, Mason, and Morgan since 2014. I've been such a supporter of the show since then and never subscribed even during their hiatus. When my feed updated with new episodes, I was so excited. (laughs) These three are such animation lovers, just like you and me. They keep the show light, high energy, and just pure fun. If you need some virtual friends to talk to, or listen rather, then these are your guys. This podcast is a must-listen if you consider yourself an animation fan. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Blue heart of all. <laughs> I wish uh. I could do a LeFou. 
Uh, for next time, uh, practice it. Get your Josh Gad down. Josh Gad, voice of everything. Oh, no, now. Get that's him right. And, Put and Josh Gad in everything. Um, <laughs> I will always be a, a OG LeFou. I, I didn't even watch the live action Beauty and the Beast. Y'all know how I feel about the live action <laughs> remakes. Ooh, that oh. we all feel the same way. And. <laughs> If you want to hear our thoughts on some of those live action remakes, that is actually one of the perks as being a patron is that we review the films that don't necessarily fit the Animation Addicts podcast. So, for example, the live action remakes, we review those as perks for being a patron. So consider being a patron, rotoscopers.com slash patron. And again, thank you so much, Annie, for joining along. This was a fantastic episode, and I yeah, love having you. I didn't even know that you were a resident fam- Adams Family expert, but that made it even yeah. better. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us today. So happy to be here. All right, guys, that's all we have for this episode. So until next time, we, we are the Rotoscopers. We're your hosts. I'm Morgan Stradling. I'm Chelsea Robson. Mason. <clears throat> and I'm Mason Smith. <laughs> and I'm and I'm Mason Smith. I, I said it, but my mic was muted. Hold on, hold on. Give me give me a couple seconds. I guess it's okay for me to have my camera on. Oh, we're, um, we're going to turn it off once we get going. Oh, okay. Well, but you can't, oh, well, way ahead of sorry, you. I didn't. <laughs> That's all y'all get. <laughs> you're not gonna. You're only gonna see me without my makeup for like five seconds. <laughs> okay, well, I'm gonna turn my camera off. Um, okay. Wait, but what, it won't let me record. Won't learn let more me. about cameras. It won't let you turn yours off. It no. won't let me turn mine off. <laughs> all right, we, we are as we are. Everyone else, you're can. stuck. <laughs> Was not planning on being on camera today. Um, <laughs> Well, here we are. Let's just go for it. Okay. And it is the voice of SpongeBob. So oh, take SpongeBob. it away. Hold, hold on. I've been practicing Gaston all day. Oh, the new Gaston. Gaston. Really? You I didn't know. It from I didn't. Gaston to SpongeBob. It, you're right. It was Gaston, but then I didn't know how. I can do a better were. Gaston than I can okay, do a, a SpongeBob. Gaston. So, Andy, you say that too, and we just cobble it together oh. after. Yeah. Sounds good. And your line is. <laughs> we are the rotoscopers. Perfect. You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news.